Well, I liked hearing that um, little tinkle sound. <laughs> You're in a completely different place. I am. I am, and um, there is a air conditioning sound. I wonder if you can hear it. I can hear it. Clear as a bell. That's going to be fun. So what? We can say that when we, tell, we, when we tell everybody. We can leave this conversation in and everybody will be impressed that you are in an airless box. <laughs> yeah. I think impressed is not the word I would use. Don't matter. We'll just, we can just say, hey, there's sound in, this, in the background. People will be excited to have a, a different sonic landscape. Let's just do a bit of silence now just in case it's really bad. Okay. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. Hey, uh, oh. Oh, I heard a ting on my talent. Was that you? Yeah. It was my, it was my, my. <laughs> it was me. Look at my, look at my, look at my, look at my. Do you know that um, ever since we changed the opening kind of, you know, welcome to midlifing bit, mm. I've, yeah. um, I wince when I hear it because, um, yeah, you? because I just, I sound a little bit odd and then your beautiful, um, rich, warm sounding voice is the thing that we leave our <laughs> listeners with and I, <laughs> I'm. Um, I feel a little bit inadequate. I, I feel like we should re. We, we should re-record that. And you should do, do it all. Well, we can re-record whatever you want, uh, but I want you to know that I share your anxiety, but not because of your recording, but because of mine. Because I feel that I've left too much of a beat between welcome and the word too. So I feel like I've gone welcome to midlife, <laughs> and it's just a bit too long. <laughs> and I also feel that I say too a little bit too. Um, with too much ooh noise, <laughs> and I, and like poo, I like poo, basically. Welcome, yeah, welcome to midlifing, and I say, like, oh, welcome to midlifing. I just feel like I hit it a bit too hard, and but I couldn't be asked to. I think it would be great if we went welcome to midlifing. I like how you left enough space for us all to be able to hear your air <laughs> It's all about the air conditioning today. All about the air it's keeping me. What is it keeping me? Dried out. Um, dried out. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I've yeah. got a big bucket You're... of water next to me just to avoid that possibility. Oh, that's good. Do you put your feet in it or your hand in it, or do you just allow it to? <laughs> Don't uh, make jokes when I'm drinking it. from it. <laughs> I almost spluttered on the road. Then I mean, and when I say As road, you... I mean the microphone. R O D E microphone. Mm-hmm. I thought you were lapping out of it like a trough. And there you go, calling me a cow. <laughs> What a way to sorry start this conversation, Lee Miller. I'm very disappointed. I know. That, um, I know. Yeah. And I'm sorry, especially after last week, you gave us such a lovely in to the idea of hope and uh And what do I get, what do I get in return? Your half-divided attention. And uh, you get, yeah, you might, yeah. <laughs> how's the teaching going? <laughs> <laughs> They're on a break. It's fine. <laughs> they just wandered off. <laughs> so... Uh, um, Dear listeners, at the moment, well, not directly at the moment. Don't make it. No, don't I'm not. Make it harder for me to no, edit this. I'm out. not. I'm not because um, <laughs> uh, 
we're having to sort of juggle between bouts of work at the moment, and so this this episode's yeah. going to be a little bit um, uh, cut more than normal because every now and again Lee will have to go back to give his full attention to the teaching that's happening on the screen in front of him, and then when that finishes, See, now I've got to cut that out no, again. No, you don't, because you're not. We're we're, we're taking breaks when you when when they're having breaks. That's when we take our recording. I yes, I don't want people to think that I am not giving my undivided attention to midlifing because of course I am. And I am also giving undivided attention to the things that pay my mortgage. Yes, at the same time, I like the way you. I like the way you do time. math. <laughs> I'm giving my oh. undivided attention to all those things at the same time. <laughs> because um, my attention is limitless. I am. Uh, <laughs> it's because um, I am legion, and we are many. I don't know what I am. Is that Shakespeare? <laughs> no, it's the Bible. I am legion, and we are many. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's what it's what the uh, it's what the man who is possessed says to Jesus. Oh, you mean the New Testament? I think so, oh, I'm sorry that I didn't lean I... into the old one. I am legion. I thought you were going to drop some Walt Whitman on me. Then you know that toll I contain multitudes. Oh, that would have been nice. But I'm sure that Walt Whitman is just robbing from the Bible anyway, isn't he? Yes, I think that's uh, <laughs> a show title. Uh... <laughs> In the New International Version of the Bible, then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And who was that saying? I mean, I know his name was Legion, but who was saying it? It's in chapter 5, verse 9 in the book of Mark, and I don't know because I don't really care. Uh, Beelzebub, uh, bilateral. uh, Did you just say Beelzebub? You, yeah, I thought you should say, I think we should do a little bonus episode, a little part where um, people can get to play this part backwards when I go, Nates, Nates, Nates. <laughs> so they can play that little bit. Of <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just like in the fourth album by that band from the 1970s, um, you know, Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin. If you play that little bit of midlifing backwards, you will hear a secret message. Nah, yes, yeah. in fact, nah, the, enti- <laughs> the entirety of our midlifing oeuvre has simply <laughs> been us trying to raise a demon. <laughs> very, very poorly. I just, uh, I just don't think you use the word oeuvre enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I feel, I always feel like I'm saying egg. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, like. Uh, so it's it's from Mark five nine. I don't know who he's asking. Some dude who is evidently. Possessed. It will be in the show notes. I don't know that we have a name for him. Wow, is it sort of saying that we are? There are so many of us are possessed that we're not. Well, no, he's not no. alone. It's not. No, he's saying that he contains. It's the Walt Whitman multitudes. It's that he contains multitudes. Yeah, it's the idea that there are lots of people inside of wow. him. Wow. It's like when, uh, when it's like multi, Duda, multi, multiple personality disorder. Yeah, which is probably all it was. Or yeah, like when uh, when Reagan says to Father Damien Karras in The Exorcist, "Your mother's in here, Karras. What? Do you want me to give her a what message? Else does she, what else? Does I'll he... see she gets it. <laughs> what else does yeah. she say? She says, <laughs> no, "Your mother, your mother eats jelly babies in hell." I... I might have mis—I might have misremembered. I think it's slightly different, but you know. Oh yeah, I remember. No, no, it's your mother cooks socks in hell, which I always find—that's <gasps> a really weird socks. recipe. <laughs> what a strange recipe! Why would she be cooking socks? It makes no sense. Unless it's like 
cooking socks is code for like giving them a really deep clean. <laughs> you have to keep me laughing so that we can't hear the air conditioning. <laughs> your goal, your um, your mission, if you should choose to should accept it. Should I choose it. to accept it? Yeah. Oh, apparently Mission Impossible number whatever has become uh, a bloated um, uh, mess because of uh, COVID-19. Oh. That wasn't very exciting. I don't know why I told you that. I just read it yesterday. And so what did you bring to this table in this rather oh, do you know do you know what did you i brought i did i brought a question for oh. you um and i was like really proud of myself because i was driving home last night and went that that is the and question was it before or after your to, naps it was Somewhere in between my two naps. And I thought to myself, this, it picks up some of the things that we've been talking about. It starts to tie ideas together. <laughs> and I woke up this morning. You couldn't went, remember it. I really wish I'd written it down. <laughs> I used to collaborate with people like you. Oh, I had the best idea last night or yesterday. <laughs> I really was proud of it. It was one of those things that I thought, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. It just puts a bow on the whole thing. The whole thing about frolics and frenemies and friendship and frangipanj, the whole nine yards. I uh, had a, one of my uh, colleagues today said, oh, yeah, and frolics. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you. Do it. Um, oh, one of them. Uh, yes, and this is it. Go, 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 go. I, actually, I'm going to adapt the question. Oh. And the question is this. How, did, how has the pandemic shown your character to whom to myself or to others to to you you go this is this is the pandemic has shown a side of me that yeah or revealed a side of you or Mm. yeah is that enough yeah it is actually because i think this week has clarified some things that i think i was already aware of so i've spoken in the past about the fact that i i quit a job just before the pandemic (laughs) Yeah, I had had that job for twelve, nearly thirteen yeah. years, and I thought it was the I yeah, and I thought I was the person who stayed in post for a while. I thought I was the person who would say who would find themselves saying to their retirement, "Well, we've tried it that way before, and I'll tell you when it was seventeen years ago, and it didn't work then, and it won't work now. Yes, we can't and be I was a faculty a bit, again for the third time." Yeah. Yeah, and I was a bit anxious, I think, about becoming that person, but I could see myself turning into that person. And that's probably one of the really big motivators for me quitting that particular job. What I didn't realize was that as a result of having done that and then going straight into um, the pandemic and living for probably, probably nearly a year, not really being sure if we would be able to keep the house. Yes. Thinking, hmm, we've got a certain amount of money, it's going to run out, and what's going to happen thereafter? Okay. So being in that kind of, that slightly fizzy moment uh, of thinking that I needed security... Um, But what's happened is, I think I have become part of the great resignation. Oh. Yeah. So I have quit three jobs since the the pandemic. I just keep quitting Do you think uh, everyone would understand or know, have heard of the the great resignation? mm, Perhaps we can refresh people's How would you describe it? Well, uh, it's been... He's been sort of uh, 
typified by people experiencing working from home and the uh, as a result of the uh, the COVID nineteen novel coronavirus that emerged in uh, very formal. Did you like how I gave it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah two thousand nineteen, of course. Hence two thousand nineteen. Yeah, um, no, November, December, it started to emerge, didn't it? Yeah. Um, two thousand nineteen. Um, so as a result of of the 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 impact that had globally, people started to to work from home, and I think that did two things. One, it put pressure on people to be constantly on mm. and not having the space to step away from work. And I think some employers were not overly thoughtful about the idea that some people had to suddenly move their experience of an office culture into a, mm. a home culture. And, of course, I, I recognise that I'm talking here about people who work primarily in front of computer screens, in contrast to, to many key workers who continue to go in day in, day out during the, the, the pandemic. Yeah. I think so, that I people know. who work in front of uh, computer screens, they're called knowledge workers. I'm not sure we're dealing yeah. with knowledge, but yeah. okay. I think um, workers who sit in front of computer screens is actually more accurate. I think you're right. Let's, let's yeah. stay with that. Yeah. Um, and I think there was, so there's a kind of a twofold thing. One was that people started to go, oh, I quite like working from home. Maybe I need to find a way that I can do more of that. And other people going, actually, Whoa. I don't like what this does. Yep. This has removed a sense of, of, of autonomy for me at home. And suddenly my boss thinks they own my house. Or at least this little corner of it. And mm. I'm constantly, at, you know. So I think that's led to lots of uh, the, this phenomenon. I don't know how, how it's actually played out in, in kind of employment because I, I don't employ people but uh, people resigning from posts um, not en masse but in, in, in higher numbers as they sort of go I don't have to do it this way I can do it that yeah, way. I, yeah because I, I did think yeah that was part of also that that the pandemic created a kind of a is the word scission a, a split so uh, yeah this created this sort of scission between um, in the sense of uh, between the way life was and the way life became and it forced people or demanded of people to rethink what their priorities were and what they really wanted to do with their lives it was like a kind of a reckoning it it, it yeah. forced a reckoning for people which as you've described in terms of that kind of for us for those of us who who labor in front of computer screens um hmm. yeah so yeah, you think, and so and so. What what does the revealing yourself part of that? Oh yeah, um, it's made me realise that um, I, I I'm I have let go of I the the sense of being um, institutionalised in the way that I had previously <laughs> thought I was. I, th I did I think you were going to say yes. Let go of the idea that I'm somehow reliable. Uh, actually, that's quite interesting. It hasn't. It hasn't made me think that. It's made me realise that I don't need to be in a place for a long time to have an impact. Yeah. And I don't mean I. I mean one. You know, if if you arrive and you start to do a job and you do that job well, you will you will inform things that happen after you've gone. Very very interesting. But what is that revealing about you? You talked about it in the abstract, you know, that one can it's, make an impact. Are you saying that you were able it, to? Uh, oh, okay, no. It's, uh, that's, you said, um, it's, you joked, it's made you realise that you're unreliable. Yeah, so I was responding to that. Oh, sorry. I was responding to, to your flippancy and saying, <laughs> no, it hasn't made me 
notice that I'm unreliable. What it's made me realize is that I'm not institutionalized in the way that I thought I was, and I am more resistant to it than I had oh, historically been. Wow. That I feel much more capable and more able to say, I don't have to be here. If another opportunity emerges that is a better fit for me, I don't owe anybody anything. Wow. The only people I owe things to are myself and my wife. And do you think that that... Um uh, do you think that that... that sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, I just realised as I said that out loud, that sound sounded bolder and on harder than perhaps I had intended. But I will I will clarify after you've asked, that, uh, asked the question that you're just in the process of doing. Yeah, I was just thinking, does that, that's been developing over the course of the pandemic? Um, I think that the, mm. the pandemic has clarified effectively that I'll be dead for much longer than I'll be alive. And do you think, but do you think the pandemic has exacerbated or um, just brought into sharp relief your midlifing status? Like to me, part of this is also about what I would think of, even if the pandemic hadn't happened, that kind of the sort of the things we think about in our middle years. I think this does go to the thing that I was. It wasn't. Uh, I was. I was also thinking about this on the journey home yesterday, and it wasn't. A, it wasn't the the, <laughs> the fabled question that has eluded me and continues to elude me. But I was thinking about. We had talked about the idea of ambition a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And that you'd said that you feel that you've you've shucked off any sense of ambition. Yes. In in that you've been able to recognise how small you are. Mm. Similar um, to, and, I'm going to be dead a lot longer than I will have been alive. Yeah, yeah. I I think interestingly, um, I don't know if it is interesting, but I think similarly is probably yeah. the word I, I mean. My decision to make moves is based less on ambition and more on experience and the experiences I want to have. Yeah, I think that's what it means. Yeah. So uh, yeah, what about you? What's what's come into clarity for you? Because mm. you've had a torrid pandemic mm. that's been not pandemic related, but exacerbated, I guess, by by the yes, pandemic. Or, uh, yes, cast yes, into relief. Yes, uh, um, sharpened by the pandemic. It's one of the things I try and do when I write down these things as possible. Um, things to discuss is that I try not to think about them or in fact I write I've written them so long ago that I don't remember anyway and this is one of those yeah so I haven't thought about it okay just in case you <laughs> in case I thought I, I was homework. going to be on the receiving end yeah, of, a, yeah. of a well let me uh, yes sir. unaccustomed as I am <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to start by um thanking my parents um I think there's I think one way to think through that is how how have I responded to the pandemic? You know, what's, what's, it, what's it done to me? It's really interesting, isn't it? I, I, well, actually, I shouldn't ever, and I do it too often, preface anything I'm going to say with those particular words. But the thing that comes to mind is, and this is a very curious word to say, is, is evidence. And I'll say one other word is risk. And I think there have been that, that two things, which is how is it that we come to know things? How is it that we come to decide I'm going to do this? And so that, and I might even say trust, medicine informed by science. Um, mm -hmm. it's not, I didn't need a pandemic to show this to me, but it really did, as I say, sharpen that sense, which is I overwhelmingly trust that system. And then there's also the question of how it's affected my sense of the risks I might take. 
I think it show it revealed a kind of conservatism when it came to risk that I, I think in hindsight I find a little bit surprising that I was more risk averse than I wasn't. And of course, those two things are related, meaning risk and evidence. If I you go back to the original question, how it's shown me, which is is the extent to which I'm. It's a little bit like the flip side of what you've just described, which is the extent to which I am. Oh, I haven't thought that through, though, so I'm slightly uh, a bit nervous uh, expressing it. That you've discovered a sense of kind of being more risk-averse than you thought you were. Mm. That's interesting that you find it, that makes you nervous because you haven't thought that through, because it's not like... Well, yeah, the, the not thinking it through is because it's, is because I'm, wow, is that what I really think? Is that what, is that what it is that I'm trying to say? Like I'm, you know, I'm improv- improvising. Is it because, as you say it out loud, it, it feels a, a bit more bald than you, when you were imagining it was going to sound when it was coming out? Like I think it's because I don't see myself as being, as you described as yourself, as you're not as institutionalized as you might have imagined. I don't see myself mm-hmm. as being invested in the concept of the state at all. And yet here right. I am saying it revealed a certain trust in those mechanisms. Mm. I mean, not all of them, but... Um, I think that's really... Uh, that's actually quite touching, Simon. Yeah, I do. I'm touched by that. Mm. It's funny because I wasn't thinking of it as positive or negative, um, just slightly surprising. And then my uh, ambivalence was more about because I hadn't thought it through. You know, I didn't want to misrepresent myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think it touches on last week's uh, hope and despair and disappointment. I'm going to watch Reacher on Amazon. Oh yes! Now, doesn't he feel like a good Reacher? A little more than Tom Cruise, it's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. What was it about Tom that didn't quite uh, sit with you in terms of Jack Reacher? (laughs) For you, L's and FLs who are unfamiliar with the work of Lee Child, Reacher is described as uh, six foot four and hewn from rock. So perhaps you would understand why we might struggle to think of Tom Cruise as, you know, conforming to that particular physicality. Indeed. And we're not the only ones to have had this thought. It's true. you, You know, for me. I don't think it was the fact that he was small and slight, although that was a big part of it. I think yeah. I just found him to be too verbose. Yes, that's true, and just too articulate. I mean, this he just yeah, reaches exactly. a, He's almost he like a grunter, really, isn't he? He really is. I like that the first like what eight minutes of this, uh, of this season, just him walking, coming in, eating pie. That's it. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Now it was great fun. Um, I I was uh, I just want to raise one little thing, which is, um, could you? I, I'm going to send you a little link right now. Is that okay to do that? Oh, and you can. It's very yeah. brief. Okay, okay. Just give me a moment. I'm I'm giving you a moment, and while I give you a moment, I will also encourage people to watch Reacher because uh, Alan Ritson is he called the guy who plays Reacher is naked quite a lot of the time, and he looks very very good with his clothes. He's off. got um he's got some serious guns, doesn't he? Oh my god, it's not his guns that bother me. It's his well not bother, that impress me. It's his back. Yes, although I remember um I remember meeting someone years ago who talked about those uh and she didn't know the name of the and she just said it's just those and it's that part where your abdominals kind of stop. Oh, and, we've 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 talked about that you talked on the podcast about those. Have we? Have I? 
Yeah, oh, no. Yeah. And I it's think, time to I stop. Think, no, no, it's okay. I might have cut it out because I said, are you talking about cum gutters? Um, <laughs> and then I realised that, that that And then you'll have to cut it out again. And I cut it out because well, I might leave them in this time. Boy cleavage. So I've just sent you... You might have seen it. I've just sent... Have you emailed it? Or, I've oh, just no, messaged Lee um, a link, which will be in the show notes, assuming this makes the cut. And it's of a, um, a Kia which is a um, native parrot in New Zealand who steals a GoPro and then takes off. Have you seen it, Lee? No, I haven't seen it, but I am. (laughs) Going to give you a moment to watch that. Are you watching it? I'm watching it right now. It's quite amazing. Can you hear it? No, because I have have the sound It's just a thing at the end which I'd like you to hear when the camera gets picked up. One second, one second, one second, one second. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and that's what made me laugh. I mean, it's a great video, but uh, that's what made me laugh the, the loudest was this um, New Zealand... Have another go, Lee? Yes! Oh, see, I think you'd, that's more Australian to me. Okay. Sorry. No, no, it's great. It's because partly yes. because I've been, now that yeah. for me, I think yes would be Australian. If I was trying to be Australian, I'd go yes. Um, whereas I definitely tried to go yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. I think you're right. So yes, I think of it as yes, 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 yes. Pin. Yeah, see, that's easier. The I've anyway. I've been having this conversation with an Italian Duck. today about trying to, but yeah, I couldn't do the Australian. Um, I couldn't do the Australian yes. Just all comes out Kiwi. Does yeah. it? Yes, yes. Ah. <laughs> right. Well, I can't. I'm. I. I've got no confidence that I can really do either. You don't have any skin in the game when it comes to. Uh, I have no those particular accents. None at all. It's true. None at all. Those vowel sounds just are, are a delight to enjoy from a distance, and I recognise they sit poorly in my mouth. 